and welcome to a Taylor's Tales podcast. This is Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor, and I'm back this week with a brand new podcast. <laughs> What's happening? What's going on? How are ya? <laughs> no, that's not my podcast. That is the uh, Monday morning podcast <laughs> of Bill Burr's intro. But nonetheless, hope you're all doing well. I'm doing great. I am currently running on fumes of energy, but I'm going to try and maintain the energy throughout this podcast. I've just got back around an hour or so ago from London after spending a week there and uh, for work. Uh, I can tell you right now, it's it's. I'm glad to be in my care, in my chumpy care, <laughs> in my chumpy care, in my comfy chair in the corner today. Starting off this podcast with great vibes already. Uh, this, uh, this week's been a blur of work, working out, you know, getting little sleep because of uh, staying in a hostel uh, during and then having the fan go off at like four o'clock in the morning, waking me up, uh, go getting up at 6.30 and then going walking to work, which I, it turns out uh, after using the tube on Friday, I realized like I could have cut my, you know, the amount of time I, I took to get to work in half by just taking the tube. But I wanted to get those steps in. I'm setting an example here. I'm doing the right thing. So I did that 45 minute walk there and 45 minute walk back as well as hitting the gym after work. So that is that is me. That's the most London work I'm ever going to do in my life. That's it. No, finito. Je fini. No more. <laughs> Exit. Uh, but tell you what though, even though I'm not you know, a fan of working in London, I can definitely appreciate some of the beauty uh, of... For instance, running in Hyde Park. I ran in Hyde Park on, um, I think it was Wednesday of this week. So beautiful uh, in the evenings. I felt like I was running so fast around that area. If I'd known the area better, I felt like I could have been even faster. I felt like I could have been running at a sub 710 uh, per mile pace. Uh, I think I ran at uh, around 720. So that's pretty, you know, it's okay for me. It's better than it around here in Dorset because of the, the hills. But uh, when you've got flat surfaces like in London, oh, you just feel like you're gliding. Uh, and I just felt so fast around that area. Uh, and Hyde Park is just a beautiful sort of even in the evening to enjoy. So I recommend that to anybody out there, uh, as well as just walking around the area. I was having a coffee this morning. Uh, and just walked around Hyde Park, you know, it's a little bit drizzly, but it's still great to see, you know, dogs playing about, people playing football, uh, just a generally really nice area to be to be around, and the fact that my hostel was down the road from there, uh, that was fantastic. Uh, but apart from that, uh, one of the things that really struck me were the embassies like how is no one talking about this the extravagance behind a room or a place where people go to represent a different country what sort of expense is spared on these houses slash mansions that these people i mean okay fair enough like the russian federation embassy for instance had barbed wire and two guys with machine guns in front of it you know really setting the tone for russia here um but like the rest of the countries every single country even like you know nepal for instance had a mansion like with a chandelier in it like it's it's an embassy it's an embassy it's literally where people go if they're in trouble like and a representation of a country in another country what do you need a mansion for it 
<laughs> you're preparing for world war with inside a country you could potentially be against <sighs> mind blown maybe i'm being really stupid and that the these embassies are you know mansions and super overpriced for a reason maybe uh real estate is is a way for them to to get into the london market who knows uh but millionaires and billionaires you know playing their part there maybe i don't know i was still impressed by it by the way like walking through uh this private road uh, next to hyde park where all the embassies are it was it was really intriguing because like it had oak trees on either side of the road and it just had like mansion 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 <laughs> panda, panda, panda. uh like on every side and it was so intriguing to see this beautiful road and then like oh wow Every property here is owned by a different nation. Uh, uh, the extravagance goes and goes on. Speaking of million millionaires and like overpriced stuff, I was having a conversation with a work colleague the other day, and I find this concept really interesting because we talk about how uh, a lot of people could criticize the rich for how they use their money. For instance, like Jeff Bezos gets a lot of slack. You know, Elon Musk. All of these guys they get a lot of slack, and and no one ever talks about how if you know, less wealthy people get money, how they use it. One of my mates talks about how he puts, uh, you know, he puts money on the lottery every week. Very interesting. For me, that's like throwing away money. You might as well just go throw it at someone's face, you know, and <laughs> just be like, enjoy the free cash. It's like, why? <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, maybe I'm being a little bit judgmental, but like the idea of, you know, I don't know what the st statistics are of somebody winning the lottery. It's something probably within one in a billion or something along those lines. But nonetheless, like when we have seen people win the lottery, it's absolute madness of what happens to these people the majority of them end up ha you know losing that money within a year they go bankrupt they don't know how to use it it's like spend 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 and my the the, the my co-worker's response to that argument was that uh we don't hear about the people who do win it and then do use the money well that that's you know not the case bro like if they, they, when people get money, they get extravagant. Maybe there's like a couple of cool heads out there who are like, oh, I better stay off the radar and be, you know, like Russian uh, Vladimir Putin with like his insane assets across all of Russia and he just hides them and he doesn't need anybody to know about it. Maybe, but the majority of people, I can tell you this right now, are very, very egotistical when it comes down to money. And if they got even a little, little trick of it, it's going to go straight to their heads. Uh, so, uh, it, you know, I, I, I can say this even from my my own perspective. Like, for me, winning the lottery has never, like, interested me. I would like to, like, it'd be great. Let's say you get free money. My first thing would be, I'd be so boring. I'd just give some to my family. I would put the rest of it in housing and stocks. Boom. Let it, you know, let, let the money. Because, uh, I, you know... After a few years, inflation hits and that money just becomes less and less. So you need to just invest that. So I'd be a very boring person, but that won't happen. Like I said, the chances are nil. And it's blew my mind that people still put money into the lottery. Still just absolutely insane. Uh, madness. Anyway, but, you know, speaking of like that whole, you know, chance thing, gambling, that fascinates me. Like people chucking money to pay off bills and debts that they have 
and they gamble away more money. What is the mindset behind that? Like, it's a it, obviously it's an addiction for some people, but for me personally, I just logically can't think of a way around it. Like, I'm going to give this person money on the potential that I could possibly get uh, the chance to win more money out of this scenario. I have no clue how that makes sense any way, shape or form. Maybe if you're buying an asset, maybe, but like the asset's going to appreciate in value after a while. And in that sense, if you're on betting on the stock market, then you're thinking I'm going to gamble away some sort of money in that sense. I'm throwing money away at the stock market. The man's stealing, the big man, you know, the rich people, are, those, those, those uh, penguins on Wall Street are taking away my money. Well, yes, but you should also consider it like this. You're taking a chunk of property almost or like valuation of a company. So if let's say you take Apple, for instance, you want to buy a share of Apple. You are literally buying a portion of the company, very small portion, but a portion nonetheless. So you're not just like buying um, like you're not throwing that money away. It's not just going on black or red. Like you're not, there's not something ephemeral there. It's a physical thing. There is, I've said this before, this is why I have this hesitancy towards cryptocurrency is that the cryptocurrency is ephemeral. There's no real true valuation towards it. And that worries me a little bit. Anyway, en enough serious stuff. You know, there's there's so much more things in the world that, uh, uh, that I wanted to talk about. This week, uh, there's been so many things for me personally going on. My my mind is mush at the moment. As you can see, I'm going off on rants left, right, and centre. Uh, but that can be a good thing sometimes and a bad, a bad thing uh, in my mind. But one of the things uh, that I did realise was I had this plan in my head where I would go to the hostel in London. I'd be able to make meals, go to Little, buy my shopping, and then, you know, cook in the hostel throughout the week. That is not what happened. That is not what happened at all. What happened is I I had, uh, you know, microwavable meals from Waitrose and, and bought, uh, you know, naked burritos from Tortilla, like four out of the, four out of the five days. And the other day I had, uh, I went to dinner with the, the team, uh, Italian. So, you know, th this whole ability to try and save money in London was it was good in in theoretical, <laughs> in theory, but it's not in practice for me. And it was this, you always think when you're full of energy, what it's going to be like when you're there. And it's the same when I'm running is like, oh yeah, you think you can run that many miles and you think it, you're going to be in a good state. The truth is you, you can't comprehend what it's going to be like in that scenario when you are full of energy in comparison to when you have no energy. And what I'm saying in this scenario is when I was at, at the end of the day, I worked out, finished my workout and I'm like, oh, now I've got to walk all the way back to the hostel and I've got to think of dinner. And it's nearly, you know, seven at night. And by the time I get back, it will be eight. And I don't want to be eating at nine o'clock at night. Otherwise, I'm going to be, uh, you know, awake basically at 10 and be getting up at six. And so for me personally, that whole scenario unfolded with me spending lots of money this week. And that is not something I like to do. I hate spending money. It is my least money, in my opinion, should be used on things you love, like things you really value. Um, spending money on frivolous stuff that doesn't mean anything to you 
Oh, it just bites, bites in my soul. Ah, wow, that that's a real kick in the teeth right there, knowing that I spent far too much. Um, I don't know the exact figure. I think it was something along the lines of two, two to three hundred pounds, something mad like that. And that's just in a week. I hate that. Disgusting. Not, not a fan of it. Anyway, moving on. So yeah, my week. This this week has been strange. I mean, there's not been much in the news recently. COVID has fell into the background. People, some people are wearing masks, some people aren't. It's blah blah blah. blah. No one cares anymore about COVID. Let's be honest. We've moved on. We're all double jabbed, and we're all moving forward with our lives. This is the fun part. This is where things get interesting. This is where the world moves back into a newer state from which it was but allowing some sort of normality to, to proceed and for people to start going back and talking about the meaningless shit that they were talking about beforehand, which happens to be funny to see that on the BBC, I don't know if anyone goes on the BBC website at all, but where there used to be Brexit, there's now climate change instead. So nobody cares about Brexit anymore. It's over. The, the interest is down in the pan and COVID will be the same at some point. It will be a topic that had all this hype behind it, and then all of a sudden it just tanks. Uh, so yes, there is there is definitely that as well. So COVID will fade into the background, and that is what it is. So while I was working and all of these things, I did realize that when I was working out at the gym, that I probably could have, again, I spent more money on going to the gym. I didn't realize like pay-as-you-go would be so expensive when hitting different pure gyms, for instance. When I was going to the Hammersmith one, that was £10. When I went to the uh, the South Kensington one, it was like £16, £17 just for one shot. It's crazy because I used to pay uh, £15 a month when I was back in Bristol just for an entire month of using a pure gym, which, you know, clearly is not a thing. And uh, yeah, there that, that, that hit me hard, but I really wanted to get, you know, use an actual gym for the first time in like, it's got to be what we are now. We are in October. I think I used one when I was in Cambridge, which would have been July, I think. Uh, so I've just been working out from home 90, 99% of the time uh, throughout the past two years now, which we're coming up to, yeah, crazy to think that March 2022 will be two years of, of this weird phase thankfully i won't be in the uk to be able to figure that out <laughs> i will be abroad uh in january of this year so uh, of next year sorry thank you oh so yes there is there is that and that's going to fade into the background the good news is that travel is opening up and i'm really excited i have booked a flight to perth for january the 6th from heathrow to perth at the moment that is probably going to have to be cancelled purely off the basis that the Australian government uh, are only letting in citizens for now. But I'm making a bet, and I would like to th say that this is a calculated bet, that by the time that January the 6th rolls around, I think that they're going to allow tourists in. If it doesn't, it's a flexi ticket, so I can cancel it. And so I can become the guy who's just like, hey, it is what it is, <laughs> you know, and I, there's plenty of other countries that are open at the moment that, that I can go to, and there's plenty in Europe. But the thing is, I'm trying to stay in a nice hot place, you know, I want to be in the nice, uh, the warm places of the world. I want to, when it's warm in Europe, I'll be in Europe. When it's cold, uh, when it's warm in, in the south, southern hemisphere, I'm in the southern hemisphere. So that's that's the plan there. 
Uh, I am planning on... Yes. Nah, actually, you know what? I, I was going to say something that I am going to move on. Move on from that because that would be a surprise. That would be nice. So, yeah, we are, I am coming to the last six weeks of my job as well. So, after doing the uh, sort of week in London, I will now do six weeks of work from home. And that will be it. No more time for me to be working for other people i should be working myself i'm super excited i'll be able to do more planned podcasts not these on the fly podcasts because i am <laughs> so busy at the moment uh, and it will be a little less ranting and raving and a little bit more structured and hopefully be able to uh, you know i'm not going to make any promises purely off the basis that life is just crazy it just moves and you move with it and you have no control over how things go or how you know where your life's going to be or the energy like i said your energy rises and falls like a wave like i said you can't predict that i'm going to stop trying to predict that one thing that i got back into recently was i was listening to one of my favorite audiobooks uh buddhism for busy people and it was the first it was the book that got me into buddhism back in 2017 i want to say so around four years ago and for me, it changed the way I thought about things, realized that not all religion was bad, that there are some ways of being really you know, positive around life and how meditation can be linked to spirituality and spirituality is linked to religion. And in this case, there are, you know, within Buddhism, there are no gods. You don't worship a deity. You are just trying to become a better person, which links really well with the way I talk. I talk consistently uh, about bettering yourself throughout this podcast i love it i love doing it uh, i love making jokes all the time but sometimes you've got to be serious and, and be a little bit like you know get your button gear and do something enjoy your day but also you know tick those tasks off and, and crack on and one of those things is going to be me unpacking later oh, that's going to be fun not um but yeah the buddhism for me in Buddhism for busy people, I recommend to a lot of people because it's it highlights some of the basics behind Buddhism, but it also gives you a real insight into the the writer David's mindset of how he went from somebody who knew nothing about it to being enveloped in this world and the stages that it took for him to truly be accepting Buddhism into his life. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I'm going to rephrase that. I really don't like that. He doesn't accept anything to us. He just he just realizes that he fits in well within to the, the sort of what would you call them? what what the Christians call the commandments would be the equivalent in the Buddhist beliefs of, you know, those those lifestyles, paths that you hold and, and you go down is what Buddhism represents. And the idea that one moment we could be enjoying life and the next we could hate even though the state that we are currently in is what the previous state we loved was looking for this is the funny thing about life is that for instance if i was to go back to my 16 year old self and say to him look this is your life currently he'd be like oh you've got a laptop you've got games you've got everything you need you can do all this you can travel you've been here 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 it'd be great and the oh you know in each extra state that no longer becomes enough. And this is one of the first uh, steps that David talks about in Buddhism for busy, busy people and how the Lama that he talks about, I think it's 
Lama Shepton Logan, I think something along those lines. I've probably messed that up a little bit, but he talks about how we have these states where we move from one to another and how we are so looking forward to something. And yet when we get it, we love it for the first bit and then we forget why we loved it in the first place. And it's absolutely so important for people to realize like you can strive for something great. It is the consistency of the day-to-day grind. It is the ability to enjoy every moment of that state. There is no end goal. There is no next state. There is only the current one. There is only the grind. And I'm going to keep saying this until I'm blue in the face because it's true, is that we can always think it's going to be the next job. It's going to be the next book. It's going to be the next goal. It's going to be the next anything. It it never really does become as good as you think it is. The grass is greener on, or is, is always grass. <laughs> the grass is always greener on the other side is true. It's sometimes the grass is redder on the other side. <laughs> it's worse than the current state that you're in and you just don't realize it. Uh, and that, that's when you start to realize that, oh damn, I was in the greenest grass I've ever been in my life. And then you move forward. But it's good because the the burning hell of red grass <laughs> makes you realize. And that that is true uh, sort of realizations and moving forward with life. So yeah, that's enough about Buddhism because that's a, a choice that I I enjoy because I don't like pushing that on people. It's so important for people to discover things on their own and to look into it. Maybe be interested rather than just hearing somebody shove ideas down their throats. Nothing worse than that. Nothing worse than that. So, moving on. Uh, sports at the moment. Damn, mate. I, I'm not really a boxing fan, right? So, this is for me. Bear with me, okay? I'm not going to become the best critic of all time here. But I just watched the highlights today of the Tyson Fury, uh, Deontay Wilder uh, fight. I was blown away, man. Blown away by the fact, the, the power behind these punches that these guys threw the size of both of them one six foot i think six foot six six foot seven deontay wilder and the other one you know tyson fury being six foot nine and just the power behind every punch one of them where deontay wilder smacks tyson fury in the face you see the ripple in fucking oh it blew me away every hit from both of them obviously Tyson Fury won, fantastic credit to the UK, he's a credit to himself he's, you know, the the stance he took on mental health is fantastic Uh, and the way that he's moved forward with his career uh, is absolutely killer he is a credit to himself and everyone I know, but Deontay Wilder still had a good fight, it was one of the most interesting fights I've ever seen it wasn't people like, bouncing around avoiding shots, it was pound for pound, hitting one another. There, there was serious shots being taken to the head. There was probably a lot of brain damage done in that fight. So, yes, uh, I was absolutely astonished that Tyson got up from the fourth round onwards. And it, it was even more astonishing that he did a Rocky, basically, where he got up and he became more powerful as each round went forward. So from round five to round 11, he went 
each, every round it looked, he was getting better and better and better until Deontay just got smacked in the head and KO'd, basically. And a lot of people could say that he potentially could have got up. Nah, man. Not in that round. Just stay down. So... I think there should be a round. Believe it or not, I know. I know this is like meant to be the last fight. I'd pay for a round four personally. I really would. If it's anything like that one, I would pay to watch it. I loved watching the highlights, so I imagine that the full fight itself was just as good. So, yeah, that's my two cents on the boxing side of things. Uh, I know that's not a lot, but I don't know a lot, so I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and tell you guys that, that I know things around that area. Currently, right now, actually, I'm going to look this up. Look this up well, while we're on camera. Uh, I'm going to check out what the score is for Chelsea. So you're either, this is live, live recording, so you're either going to see my face drop or it's going to be a smiley face uh, based off of what's going on. Oh, excellent. Okay, we did win. <laughs> Fantastic. So Chelsea beat Brentford 1-0. That's not, that's not ideal because it's Brentford, but I also, I was potentially thinking about betting on Brentford to win because I just thought to myself in my head that they could they've been really pressing other teams at the moment really pushing them and getting really good results out of other uh, out stronger teams I think it was Arsenal and Man U uh, who they played against and, and got good results out of so yeah really interesting team to be in the Premier League this season and not to be underestimated especially with players like Tony up front but Chelsea you know uh, it seems like Ben Chilwell is back in the squad back in you know really kicking ass and taking names he got into England he scored for England and then this week uh, clearly it was ready to score for Chelsea again. So that's great for him. It's great to see that he's back in left back because he is a, a star for, for the for England and for the Chelsea squad. And I believe, if I'm not wrong, so let me have a look right now, Chelsea are top of the table. So this is a truly exciting time. I don't think there's been a close race like this uh, for the start of the Premier League in a long time with Liverpool, Man City... Uh, Man U in the holding. I mean, ironically, I'm looking at the table right now and Brighton are in there at the moment as well. Ah, <laughs> oh, Brighton, Hove Albion <laughs> in fourth spot right there. That I don't think we'll ever see again. But nonetheless, they must be thinking to themselves, that is an excellent space for them. So, yeah, Chelsea seem to be a complete squad. I genuinely think we can win the Premier League this season, but we will have to compete with a extremely strong Liverpool squad and an extremely strong Man City squad as well. So exciting for me on the sports sports front. I don't think I've got any... Is there anything else sports-wise? Let's have a look. I don't think there is at the moment. Nothing, nothing too serious. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny that Man U lost 4-2 to Leicester, but Leicester are a strong side, so you can't knock them. Don't underestimate Leicester. That's uh, so it is. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about as well. Yeah, Newcastle United getting taken over by a three hundred and forty billion pound Saudi Arabian owner. How crazy is that? This is like a FIFA career mode where you have all of the assets and you just start buying every player that you want you want cristiano ronaldo you want messi in the same team you want mbappe you want neymar just chuck them all in there and that's you know that's the sort of money that this guy has i think he's got something along the lines of 10 times the amount the man city owner has so next 
this January or the next season are going to be the most interesting to see what Newcastle do as a club. Obviously, they've got to get rid of Steve Bruce because he's the cheapest manager in the Premier League and he's also a terrible manager, let's be honest. Like, Newcastle can do better. Newcastle could have done better with Rafa Benitez, let alone with uh, Steve Bruce. So that's going to be seriously interesting. I really hope that Newcastle as a club uh, prosper from this and, and really, you know, sort of scrape away the horrible, I would say, aftertaste that Mike Ashley left for that club with Sports Direct. Ew. Oh. Ugh. Sports Direct. Ugh. No. Not not for me. Not for me. Oh, it's far too disgusting for those common... No. <laughs> it's for the, the convicts, filthy convicts. No. Uh, <laughs> Sports Direct, don't avoid now i remember buying footballs from them when i was younger so can't knock them too bad but yeah mike ashley doesn't seem like the the nicest bloke on the block shall we say so i'm glad to see newcastle getting taken over now we are at the end near near end of the podcast but i do want to take this time to talk about the most popular uh show on the internet at the moment also one of my favorite shows to have watched in a very long time it's squid games Squid Games has to be the diamond in the rough that's been discovered by the general populace in the, the first time. I don't feel like I've had, had this ever, where a South Korean film where me and my dad both agree on is fantastic, it's well put together, it's got great actors, it's got a great storyline, and it's got a great concept. And the world, for the first time ever, agreed upon that. <laughs> Train to Busan? No. <laughs> just like all, all of these like fantastic south korean films uh get put to the wayside even chinese films as well i mean do you remember the amount of jackie chan films that he did in hong kong all those years none of them got looked after and they're all fantastic even the one where he went down the skyscraper and he nearly died and he had to cling on the end of it they get amazing all of the film that's done out there and only Squid Game seems to have been... I think the internet has a fantastic way of influencing a society. And this is the one of the biggest influences where I've been like, yes, this is fantastic. The characters, the beginning storyline. I'm not going to give anything away, but I will say the beginning of the gentleman has, you know, he's hard done by life. He doesn't see his daughter very often. He's got a family. He's got, he's being supported by his mum. There's a lot of characters who are all... Um, suffering from life, they owe money to people, and then they get given this quite mysterious opportunity that turns into something quite heinous and dark and very entertaining, to say the least. So I'm truly intrigued to see what they do with the show after this season. Uh, I'm hoping they come back for a season two because there's so many questions that need to be answered. And it's one of those shows where the characters, even though... Uh, you know, I'm going to hold my tongue so that I don't spoil anything. I feel there's some really good characters that could reprise some roles. And uh, yeah, it's it's a really fantastic, fantastic show that as well as all of the acting, the sort of design of all the characters and, and their characteristics, and then also what they're dressed in and how they do things and their mannerisms. Because the camera's always quite specific to the people 
and this and who how they talk and how they progress through the story is how either they get darker or they become more open or in one case where it's mystery and it becomes a revelation so it's, it's really intriguing to watch that show and to see the world love it the way i i love watching sort of foreign subtitled films so yeah it's a great way to end the podcast squid games forever uh, I hope you've enjoyed this ramble of a podcast this week. And thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for this uh, s- semi-all-over-the-place energy podcast. <laughs> so, as always, this has been a Taylor's Tales podcast. This has been Chris's Corner. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. And I hope to see you this time next week for a more organized podcast. Bye now.